talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. Good morning, gentlemen. Hello, hello. It is a rainy morning this morning, so it's a good day to be in the studio. Maybe not when they're listening to this, but it's a raining morning today. Mm-hmm. It's raining uh, all night and all morning. Hey, good question this morning. It's something that uh, maybe not everybody asks, but I think maybe more people ask than we realize. And that is, what does it mean to be called into ministry? And I think there's a lot to this question. Uh, you know, if you parse the words, uh, called would be a good word to, to, to um, break down, and then ministry would be a good mm-hmm. word to break down as well. So I know all three of us have been called into mm-hmm. ministry. Um, so what does that mean? And, and if somebody feels the call, what should they do about it? I think before we answer that, because you mentioned a moment ago that the three of us have been called into ministry, what you're referring to when you say that is full-time right. vocational. Right. Or am I? Well, <laughs> I, if by, by, cl- by clarifying the three of us, then I would say yes, That's, because yeah. that is our occupation which I actually wasn't thinking that but yes that's that's uh, understandable but but those who are listening would automatically I think many of them would automatically assume that uh, because we are full-time on staff therefore we are called into full-time vocational ministry and as you were alluding to that is not necessarily what a call to ministry encompasses totally it's definitely not it's only part of it. Yeah. So let's talk. What it what does it mean to be uh, in ministry? I think would be the bigger question, and then the calling, because you got to know what you're called to, right? So, and, and along those same lines, what is it? What does it mean to be in ministry? <laughs> it, this. Well, I I will address that from a full time vocational aspect and then we can dive into the non full-time vocational because I I do think it it is not really picking at straws and trying to nitpick it but in our cultural mindset even though I think I could defend biblically I know I can defend biblically that it's not necessarily separated that's what we tend to go to mm-hmm. so to be full-time vocational ministry means many different things. One, you could be working full-time at a church on staff somewhere. You could be working for a nonprofit organization that um, is is doing ministry in the neighborhood, across the street somewhere, or maybe even around the world, which means that you're being paid by an organization to think about ministering in the name of Jesus on a full-time, everyday basis. Would you think of a different way of expressing the full-time vocational aspect of it? I would. I would say if you're if you're uh, to be in ministry means that you are specifically in the work of leading and directing the church. So it could be full-time, could be part-time, could be full-time volunteer, it could be part-time volunteer. So I would just expand the parameters of uh, compensation and timing. But for the most part, yes. But I also clarify it's not just inside the church. Oh, and also outside the church, yes. Um, so any of the nonprofits that are, are dealing with ministry stuff, I would agree with that as well. Um, I think the I think it was kind of a in my own mind it was somewhat of a of a leading question because 
we do think of if you're in ministry, you're full-time on a staff being paid somewhere, and it's bigger than that. Uh, But at the same time, not everybody is in ministry. Even if you're doing kingdom work, that's just just being a believer. I think there is a a separation between uh, everybody and then those who are specifically called uh, to, to leading in ministry. And so, again, I do, for me, it's splitting hairs to a degree, but um, in the Scripture, we, all, we do see people who are leading and then people who are not. So that's, that's my differentiation there. And it's hard. It, we're looking through a lens of uh, American culture, Christianity. And I, I mean, I've, I've grown up with the concept of, are you called in the ministry? And, and I've answered that question many, many times over the years, especially to, to young people thinking about it. The, the issue with that, I think sometimes it's just a subjective, an, like the answer is subjective. Because for me, it's always been, well, I just felt like I, a strong oughtness. I actually read that in a book, something, an ought, like this is what I ought to do. Oh, like do. it was a strong pull. But but even that is semi-subjective, you know. So I, every single believer is called into a ministry, now, it could be splitting hairs with me saying a ministry and the ministry. So that's semantics. I get it. But every if, if someone is a believer in Jesus Christ, they are called into a ministry because they are gifted by the Holy Spirit of God. So um, what that looks like is it, it's it's them. You know, it's, it's their personality and their backgrounds and their giftedness. But... Um, so I, 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 feel, I feel like we're, walk, we're circling the wagons around well, yeah. full-time Jeff, and, you know, paid. And Jeff, you mentioned a minute ago leading in ministry. It, it, in your definition, the way that you're explaining it, is there a difference between ministry and being a leader in ministry? Because the original question was calling into ministry. Are, so do you understand what I'm, what yeah. I'm asking? Because it's not—the question was not— do you feel like you're called into leading in ministry? It's what do you do with the call into ministry? So is there a difference there? And at least in the way that you're thinking through that so that we can process that and Yeah, I, it. I put the word leading there because like Kevin said, if you're a believer, you're doing some kind of ministry. ministry yeah. And so to me, leading in ministry is a, a person who is making those ministries work. Somebody who's in a position of leadership of some sort. Um, certainly, any position that we would hire for or any church would hire for is a leadership position. Any position that a uh, or a nonprofit organization would hire for, they, they would be hiring for a leadership position of some sort. Now, it might be a low-level leadership position, but it's leadership nonetheless because our job is to, is to help other people do ministry. So that, that's, the, that's the reason for the word there. Does that make sense? It does. What do you think? I'm processing I'm, still. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm thinking of the uh, the, the manager of a organization, uh, person who owns their own small business, and it's not what we would classify as a ministry because it's a for profit business. They're trying to support their family, yet they view what they're doing as an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ. They're doing that with the mindset, which we would That's hope just all being Christian. a disciple, though. It, it is, but is there a difference between being a disciple and being in ministry? I, and that's, I guess, where the, where the, 
I guess rubs the right word, where the rubs coming in for me is... So maybe we should change the word ministry to called into um, Christian service. <laughs> that, that's, that's the whole way to put it, right? And that's why I kind of started off with the whole idea of yeah. of vocation versus lifestyle, because I think all Christ followers are called to, to a ministry. lifestyle of ministry where some are called to the vocation of right. of, of ministry. And yeah. I know, again, like we're saying, that's splitting hairs, but for the, for the s- simplicity's sake... It, it, if somebody's listening to this and they say, well, I've not been called into full-time employment ministry, they've already checked out or or, or, or could mm-hmm. be on the edge of checking out. And I don't think that's, I, I can't really, uh, there's more to it than that. Well, and because the answer is hard to answer, the question's hard to answer, there are like, no, not likely, I know, there are people who are full-time serving vocational in ministry who really don't need to be, but there's the flip slide there are people who maybe have checked out that God has called, and they would be perfect for the ministry, but but they they don't feel that subjective air quote subjective yeah. call into the ministry because it, it's hard to to define. I feel like that's the question that we we need to better define. Like I'm twenty something and I'm out there and I'm thinking I don't know if I'm supposed to be in the full time or vocational ministry or not. What do we say to that person? You know, that to me, that's the that's the crux. That's the question we're trying to. As well as the person who's sitting in the pew or sitting in the chair yeah. on a Sunday morning, who would look at the people on stage and say, "They're called into ministry. I'm simply yeah. a Christian. I'm simply a follower of Christ." And as if there really was a distinction. Mm-hmm. Now there is the call to. Biblical leadership, absolutely. We see that all throughout the Scripture that only some are called to. But the the idea of ministry, ministry, the way that I think through it and process it, is for anyone who calls himself a Christ follower, regardless of where they're at in life, how old they are, what their occupation is, because their occupation is an opportunity to be salt and life. Um, Even though it may be more difficult and they're not seeing the fruit, they're not able to have a Bible study on a Tuesday morning because they're a CEO of a company, but they can still run the company in such a way that it brings honor and glory to God. And that, to me, is a, a form of, of ministry. Yeah, and this makes me go back to some uh, thinking that we had 10, 15 years ago. You and I have talking about Brent, and I'm sure you've thought of this before, Kevin. Um, and we were on a roll for a while about uh, saying to people, there's no separation between clergy and laity. You know, we read some books and we 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 bought into the idea that there's no difference. I don't know if you still think that, but I sure I don't think that anymore. I think that we did a disservice to the church, to the body of Christ as a whole, to say there's no separation, there's no difference between laity and clergy. Everybody's exactly the same. The reason for that is I don't see the scripture supporting that. Now terminology again, but if clergy means uh, elders, um, pastors, um, apostles, and if laity means disciples, then obviously in Scripture there's a difference between disciples and then those who are leading. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have said, hey, uh, those who lead are worthy of double honor. Well, why are they worthy of double honor if everybody's exactly the same? Uh, and so I, I guess the, the, the rub is that well, I think that there is a, a difference. I don't think that 
the difference that has been made is the right difference. So in other words, right. in my opinion, we went, we, we took we took an extreme and we moved it all the way to the other extreme. Because what you do, what what I feel like I did when I did that is, I took away the uh, uh, pastoral authority. I took away um, structure and and just made it this this blanket. Everybody can do everything, and so to me, moving back to the middle says there are there are people who are called to certain things, and that doesn't mean they're better or worse. It means just they have different. a s- different calling. They have a different role. And they have a different um, accountability as well. And so because of that, we've got to figure out what it is that God is calling us to do in ministry and using ministry as a blanket term, whether that is teaching uh, the nursery or uh, teaching on stage. We find our role. And like I said yesterday, there is a I think there's a calling for everybody to something but once we figure what that calling is, we then just be faithful in doing it. And then God moves us from there into, you know, more and more responsibility as he sees fit. That's a very condensed version of it. But that's just my thinking at this point. I read um, years ago, uh, I think Bill Hybels did it, but it was um, try to define the calling. And, and I hate, not hate, but sometimes lists, we get caught up in them. Yeah. But this, I think, was pretty good. But uh he had three c's it was it was character being the foundational layer of of the calling but then competency so you're you're god's not going to call you into something well he might equip you you're <laughs> so i gotta be careful that one but you'll you will ultimately be competent in the area you're called to and then the last one i think is kind of the important well they're all three important but conviction like so if someone says um I feel called into vocational ministry. Well, there's a conviction there about the bride, about the about the church, about the body. I mean, there's a real deep seated like I love the church. Now, that by that definition, laity uh paid staff could fill all three of those things. So, it's not a full definition, but I think it's a good start there because I think yeah. I think they have to exist. First of all, character has to exist. I mean, that that is a, the, the Every book out there, Everything. you know, absolutely essential. Um, but then competency, and God will equip, and he's done that many times in my life. He's equipped me things I wasn't competent in, became more competent in over the years. Um, and then, of course, conviction. So, You know, it, it begs the question, when somebody tells me they're called to something, yet they have zero competency in that calling, it really makes me question, were you really called to that? Did you miss it, or did God just want to play a cruel joke on you and make you look like an idiot. I mean, that's mean to say, but but you think about it. If somebody is uh it's, if somebody can't teach yeah and yet they're quote unquote called to teach. Right, right. And people are bored to death and people are talking about it after I mean if it's that bad, you really have to question are you called to teach? What what's going wrong there? Cuz I don't think that God is the author of chaos. No, he's um it would fit. I mean, once again, God does equip, so sure. it, you can grow in that area. But there's still, He's going to put you in an area where you're already leaning, or, or your your natural abilities have already kind of lined up. It makes sense, right? I mean, that's what He would do. So, so for the sake of our conversation, let's talk about vocational ministry. Then, vocational being part time, full time. Or, um, well, part-time or full-time? How, how does somebody um, 
wrestle with the call. What is the call? You talked about that, what Bill Heibel said with the yeah. character, character, competency, competency, conviction, and then conviction. Um, wh- what else is there about a call? Because I'll tell you this, to me, if there's not a distinct and clear call for so- to something that important, I don't do it. I mean, and, and it, you, we, we could say it's the leading of the Holy Spirit, because it is, that's what part of the call is. Um, it, it's the... Some would say that's a gut feeling. I think it's deeper than that. Um, But that's kind of what it feels like. Um, And then usually there's a call, and then God confirms that um, through various ways. But to me, if there's no call, or if I don't have a clear sense of calling to something like something in ministry, then I just don't do it. Because a calling is the only thing that will keep you doing it when it gets hard. The only caveat I would give to that is, and I think you and I are similar, similar personalities on this. I am a ready shoot aim kind of person. So like I felt the call, but, but I was, you know, doesn't bother me to jump in and go, okay, God, let's go. You know, yeah. there are the personalities out there that go, well, I, I need to make sure I need to make sure. And they, and they just stuck on go forever. So I it just, there is that one caveat because I, I agree with you completely. You gotta have the call and you gotta but but for that one that's going I need another confirmation, I need another confirmation. I don't even know what to tell because it is it is subjective, but it is through prayer, you know, and it, it can be confirmed. So is there um, anything wrong with putting out a fleece like Gideon did? No, I don't I don't think so, but but you know, they're the one that's really they get a fleece and they go, well, yeah. is that really a fleece? Or, Let me flip know, it over. Now yeah. do what you just did, part, but the opposite way. <laughs> part, of, part of it is the is the heartbeat behind the question and the fleece itself. I mean, Paul talks about it. We, we 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 test to see if what we're hearing is from God. Yeah, that's that's very important. So we're called to test the spirit, but not put the spirit of God to the test. And I think there's that distinct difference there. That part of that's the heartbeat behind it. I have a friend who's in his early fifties who right now, over the last year, has been struggling with the idea of, am I supposed to go into full-time vocational ministry? Never done it. Been been volunteer uh, in churches for many, many years, different leadership roles, but really struggling with that. And so we've spent a little bit of time talking through that, and that's, that's a difficult place. Uh, I think it's probably even more difficult for a, a 40-, 50-year-old individual to struggle through that than it is for a 20-year-old who's fresh out of high school, maybe in college, trying to figure out what God's calling them to do for the rest of their life. And that's Mm -hmm. really what we want is for the young people to be wrestling as teenagers in early 20s to wrestle with God over over, what is it the long term that you have for me. I think back to my own life. I remember distinctly the very first calling, first time I had a call to ministry. And I can tell you it was years later, years later, before I was uh, on staff anywhere, before I had a had a even a part time ministry job, it was several years later. But there was that growth process, and 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 there's this transition and this preparation. You think and, that was disobedience or just uh, no? Because God's I was process. I was for me it was not disobedience because I knew it and I was chasing after it and I was doing everything that I knew to do and it just wasn't happening and so it was process after process after process. Uh, I, I remember after I after I received a call I was at a, a retreat 
And I just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt is like like a salvation type experience for me. I knew that God told me that. And even in my own heart, I'm like, I can't. Who am I to stand on stage? I'd be scared to death. And I went and I spoke with our associate pastor, spent some time talking with him, praying with him. And he said, here's what I'm going to do. We have a non-traditional service at 830, 8 o'clock in the morning at our at our church. I want you to come read some scripture for me. He says, all I want you to do is just open up the Bible. Here's, you know, whatever whatever verses I want you to read, come and read it. And it was like the fourth or fifth thing on the schedule, and I'm sitting on the front row and I am shaking <laughs> and I get up there and I'm stuttering and I, it was horrific. And I'm thinking to myself, God called me to this. This is, there's no way. But that, that hunger and that thirst and that pursuit led to many more opportunities and, and to where we are today. So it, it is a process. So I do think we can get the calling without having the competence, but it is wrong to expect to have the confidence just because I've received a calling that it is miraculously yeah. just going to be downloaded into my brain. There is that process. At least that was true for me. He called, but then over the course of years created an opportunity to, to gain competence. That's good. Yeah. And that's, uh, uh, it speaks to the necessity of us putting in our time and putting in the work. You know, the, the natural giftedness is probably a very small amount of most of what we do. Uh, the natural giftedness just makes it a little bit better, but we yeah. had to work on everything, every skill that we have. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I really feel like that, I want to say this the right way, but over the last 30, 50 years, the, the church, the, the business of the church, churches, um, have become almost secular and hiring practices to some extent. So we have, we, not us, but in big picture, we have hired positions based upon skill sets. And, and there, we, we always have to be reminded there is a spiritual element to this. How that plays out in the practical is uh, if you're hiring, you're a big, big church and you're hiring your financial uh, secretary, your financial administrator, whatever it may be, you can go out and get the best of the best in town that's, you know, accountant 101, you know, the best of the best, but they're not a believer. Well, you've, you've put a, or, or they're maybe a casual believer, you know, you've put somebody in a spiritual position that's not spiritual. So, but, but I think that's even being done with people on stages, you know, leading music and these kind of things. So there's always that pullback to remind ourselves that this is a spiritual. Uh, that would be competency over conviction, probably. Yeah, Right. Which will always come back to bite you. I think so. It, it may not at first, and it could be hidden for a while even, yeah. um, but I think so. And I, I do think there is that correlation, just using the definitions that Kevin gave us, between competency and, um, not competency, the conviction and the call. It, they're very similar, but I think it is the, the conviction that, kind of backs up the call because what is a call other than a thought that's downloaded into your brain to begin with you know I've got that feeling and it's like okay well I've had that feeling about 30 other girls you know it, what, what's what's that got to do with it just I, I've got a feeling so it's wait a minute uh, let's what, talk about that Brent. where, where, <laughs> what, what where you about? just made a huge leap <laughs> from church to girls 
What do, what is what is conviction? Uh, you know, it, it 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 that that's what it is. Girls, you know, whatever I'm into, what the, the latest cars. I mean, there's really not a difference. A conviction's a conviction, whether it's about church work or whether it's about uh, things that we that are not. Tell us about your conviction about girls. Well, that was many years ago before I was an educated man. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But but. You, you think about, you know, so uh, if a call is initially a thought, we have umpteen thoughts that go on our brain. And then, you know, you got umpteen thoughts. Should I buy this today or should not? Should yeah. I wait till it goes on sale? Should I go? I know I need it. And I mean, let me, let so me re- many different aspects of life. Rescue. So, <laughs> not rescue, but, but let me add to it. because I, I, So marriage. You know, you Oh my gosh. Uh, what they out. don't know behind the, yes, the is that every time one of us says something, the other two go I've ahead. Got this feeling <laughs> in my bone. You and I did. Yes. I know you did in your head. <laughs> Actually was, I was going, I got a feeling. Okay. That was three so minutes. We were singing ago. the different song. <laughs> Marriage. It's a wonderful thing. So you feel a conviction to get married you feel like call to get married but at some point and I, i've used this all the time in all the wedding ceremonies i do you can wake up one day and you you're not gonna want to be married you don't feel married you know but you're still married so to me that's leaning back on that commitment that leaning back on that commitment in the ministry i know we've said this multiple times on this podcast but it's just the truth i mean there are so many days where you just go why am I doing this? You know, I could, there's so many other things I can do in my life. Well, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And that's where the call comes in. And that's where the conviction does come in. So I, I don't know if that tied back into what you were, but yeah. that's, that's the way well, I was it, hearing it, what it, you were it, saying. It, that, that is partially. I, it's, it's simply, you know, how, how does it go from a calling to a conviction is kind of the thought process I was trying to, uh, did a yeah. bad job of trying to get to, but. Girls, that's what I yes, got out of that. It, you know, and it's probably different for everyone. You think of um, biblically, uh, Apostle Paul. His call went to conviction. Sounds like instantaneously. I mean, like it just that was pretty quickly. Other biblical examples, maybe not quite as Moses took a took quite a while a to get journey. there. So I mean, it. You know, and for every. Paul, we got out there. We probably got five or ten Moseses, so it's, and you, it's and different. Th- yeah, know? and you think about the discipleship process. Elijah to Elisha. Elisha yeah. was not called, and uh, although yeah. God probably did that initially, there was that process of him spending time mm-hmm. knowing Elijah, spending time with him, understanding what the requirements were, and then it got to the point where yes, I am convicted. Mm-hmm. I am convinced that this is my call, mm-hmm. and I think that's really what it is for the majority of people. It begins with a thought, but it's not, hey, I've got a thought. I'm going 90 to nothing to make sure that it happens, right. because that truly is foolishness for the majority of people. It's it's not a, a, a testing of the Spirit. It's not chasing after it to understand what it, what it means. And I do think that even with our call, God gives us like a ten thousand foot view, and we're trying to hone in on a on a, you know, a yeah. a, a dot on the ground, and we just can't see it. And God says, "I want you on the dot, but I'm giving you the big view mm-hmm. to begin with." And I, maybe maybe it's the big view is the call, but but the conviction is the is the funnel that takes it down to a point that they that you could really grasp and understand. And that only happens for the majority of people with time. So somebody says, hey, I feel like maybe I'm being called into ministry. <laughs> what do we tell them? Now, the the answer that we used to get 
was, if you think you can be happy yeah. doing anything else, do it. Which and is, don't do ministry, which is really a pretty dumb yeah. <laughs> way to think about it. Yeah. Um, but that I, was a way of though illustrating it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, and you're you're right, and it was a way of saying, look, you better better make your calling yeah. and election sure. Um, I would say if, if if you feel a call into ministry, just take the right the next right step. We we say that a lot around here, mm-hmm. but really, it's it's the next step. Yeah, and the next step really is dependent upon where you are right now. Yeah. So um, maybe that's the next step is going to seminary. Maybe the next right. step is becoming an intern. By the way, that's a that's a hugely undervalued and underutilized um, opportunity that people need to really consider. But on both sides, both the, the church leadership side and the um, person who's going to be the intern. Because mm-hmm. it's a safe... way to discover hey is this my calling is this my Mm -hmm. gift right trial by fire sort of yeah (laughs) trial by safe fire yeah get your feet wet yeah yeah yeah. well every church i think should have a an interim intern program intern and then and advice i've given too many times is uh for those that have gone above the intern going kind of go that next step um you can go to school, you can get training, you can, you know, start pursuing bachelor's and then master's degree, that kind of stuff. And all that's good, but there is nothing like getting practical, getting, and the way I've worded it is you're not in the ministry until you've got a mama sitting in your office yelling at you about something. You know, that's just a weird example, but, but that, that was a shocker to me, you know, early, early days of like, why is everyone so mad? You know, yeah. <laughs> because people, so, experience is such a good so yes do the next next step do the next thing which may be volunteering it may be teaching yeah. a a lesson it may yeah. be you know volunteering to 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 do something around the church or around the nonprofit organization or whatever that is but you know getting getting acclimated testing and trying to figure out exactly what your giftings are if you, especially if you don't know what your giftings are that you know, you can have a calling, and you know God's calling you ministry, and you're like, well, I don't even know what I'm good at. So you got to start practicing in some way. One one warning I give sometimes in these is um, the call in the ministry, though. Just make sure that the person that thinks they're called or it feels like they're being called, it's not making you like a super Christian. I mean, we don't want it to. Def- it is a different role, and it is a leadership, this kind of stuff. But if they're looking at it, going, well, this is the way I become a better Christian, super, yeah. it's not at all. It will not, not make you holy. No, not, yeah, so. <laughs> you think that. But but I think that mindset can be yeah. there, like, ooh, you know, I get to be with God all day and just, you know, it, it, you can do that without <laughs> being in full-time ministry. So that one, and then the other motivation that I think sometimes can happen is just a guilt. So I've done things in my past, or I'm not happy where I'm at, so I've seen these videos about serving in Africa, so out of guilt, God will call to do those kind of things, but it's not usually out of your guilt that He's calling. It's it's so it's subjective again, but yeah. Well, I, I think that um, vocational ministry is a, a fantastic <clears throat> calling. Um, the I guess the the hard part about this whole thing is that. When you're called, you're typically, not always, but typically, well, I say typically, a lot of times you're you're not in a position to be in a place that is a healthy place. And so you feel the calling, 
you start making steps to do that, and you go where you are hired, or you go where you're uh, accepted. Oftentimes, those are places that are really hard places of ministry, and so you're you really are in trial by fire. Mm-hmm. And if you don't if if you don't really see that for what it is, you might think, oh, this is normal. Right. It's real. There really is no normal in church work. Uh, you know, specifically in church work. Because every church has a personality, every church has um, struggles and, and strengths, and but I'll tell you, some of them are way harder than others. Some of them are easy, and some of them are just, you know, the Scripture talks about uh, churches, and I think Ichabod is one name, right? Um, or what, what's the church with the, the name... Is it Ichabod or is it? Uh, I have no idea what you're there, talking about. There, there's anyways. Should, but. Pro- actually, it's probably one of the churches in the Revelation, one of the seven churches, where it's like you do not want to go there. Mm. Um, anyways, if you feel a call into ministry, pursue it. Uh, God will not call you into something that He doesn't give clarity on. But He also said, "Search for Me, and you'll find Me." Yeah. When you really search for Me with all your heart, so and that's, that's so key. Search, search, do actually yeah. search. We don't just talk about it, like. Yeah, you actually got to do it. Yeah, get off your duff and do something. <laughs> search, search yeah. for him. So, well, cool. Well, hopefully, uh, this will be helpful to somebody. If you enjoy this podcast, will you subscribe? Uh, pass it along. Share it on Facebook. That would be helpful to us. We're trying to build our uh, subscribers to twelve, and so um, <laughs> million. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. No, we're already at twelve. Uh, <laughs> I think. I don't even know. We are we are the least um, <laughs> like aggressive marketers on the planet. <laughs> uh, we'll see y'all on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.